Father, we thank you um, for, for Dave and Holy Spirit. We um, are open to what you are going to share through him. And so just cultivate our hearts just right now before, before he speaks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dan. <coughs> this is good. Wow. Hey, it is awesome to be with you this evening. Paul, thank you for the invitation to come. You know, Paul uh, gives me an invitation to interrupt him, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> I think I've only done that maybe a couple of times out of all the invitations. But um, I, I just appreciate uh, your uh, friendship and give me opportunities to teach. Um, Tonight, we are going to look at the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the, the bottom line for anything that happens in our Christian lives. And not only that, um, the reason why I thought this would be appropriate subject, some of you that come out of liturgical church backgrounds, this coming Sunday is called Pentecost Sunday which means it's 50 days after Passover. And so um, the timing is right to talk about the coming of the Holy Spirit and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And some of you are probably familiar with this topic, but hopefully I'll uh, hit some things that maybe you've never thought about. And um, at the end, we're going to pray and just ask the Spirit of God to come in power and see what he wants to do. And it's always fun to see, to give him uh, the open door to do what he wants to do because uh, it's always a surprise to a certain extent. And it's usually a beautiful thing that he does. He brings healing and freedom, deliverance, and uh, just all kinds of good stuff. <clears throat> so have you ever thought that there is something more to the Christian life than what you're experiencing? I remember having that thought and thinking there's got to be more to it than this. Just going to church, just going through the routines. I was born and raised uh, going to church, and it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. <clears throat> you know, Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, he said, I came that you might have life and might have it to its full, might have it abundantly. An abundant life, that's his promise. And yet when you look around and think, maybe you're even thinking, gee, is my life really abundant? Is my life really full and meaningful? Uh, the average professing Christian, I think... Um, doesn't really walk in the power of that abundant life. I think we, you know, <clears throat> we try to witness and nobody's really interested in what we have to say. Um, you pray for healing and rarely do people get healed. Um, you don't see a lot happening. You tend to experience doubt, fear, frustration, even defeat in your Christian life. 
And you may be saying to yourself, there's got to be more to the Christian life, but I've never found it. Well, that was me um, a number of years ago. And yet the Bible teaches that there are thousands of promises for Christians to be able to claim. Um, They apply to everyone in the faith. Uh, Promises of assurance of God's love, eternal life, forgiveness of sin, um, provisions for material needs, assurance that God is going to work out everything to our benefit. He'll work even bad stuff out for our good. So if that's true, what's wrong? What happened? What went wrong? (laughs) Billy Graham made this statement. I was shocked when I read this a number of years ago. He said that he believes at least 90% of all Christians in America are living in defeat. 90%. So if that is true, even of us, boy, that, that is huge. What's with that? What's the solution? <clears throat> I believe it is the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit that makes the difference for living in victory rather than defeat. And, you know, all Christians are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. It's not a question of whether the Christians have the Holy Spirit, but not all Christians are filled with the Holy Spirit. And what do I mean by being filled with the Spirit? The idea is being empowered, being directed, even being controlled by the Holy Spirit. As we follow Christ, we're just ordinary Christians but yet are, have the opportunity and the availability of this power source that can change everything. You know, the, the first century Christians, you know, look at um, the disciples and especially Peter. Peter denies Jesus three times, and yet after Pentecost, trades in that denial for boldness stands up and preaches on two different occasions. One occasion, 3,000 people come to Christ. On another occasion, possibly 5,000 people came to Christ. What happened to Peter, this scaredy cat? All at once, he gets emboldened. And it is the power of the Spirit that emboldens us. Acts 1.8, some of you are very familiar with that. Jesus makes this claim and promise. He says, you will, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the entire world. Do you know the major reason that the Holy Spirit even came was to make us effective witnesses. That was the major reason, to be a witness for Jesus Christ. You know, when I first uh, began to learn about 
the fullness of the Spirit, and I had some good teaching on, believed in the, in the filling of the Holy Spirit, but didn't know that you could walk in the supernatural power of signs and wonders. That came later to me. I, was, I actually spoke in tongues, had um, seen a lot of evangelism happening, seeing uh, giftedness in coming out and teaching, but didn't know you could actually pray for healing and deliverance. Now that is a normal thing that I see happen in my ministry. Is it okay to brag about God here a little bit? He, he tells us to, to brag about him from one generation to another. So I'm a little older generation to you, so I want to talk to you about what God is able to do. And it is so fun to minister as you're walking in the power of the Spirit uh, about a year ago, I was out in uh, California, Panosquitos Lutheran Church. Uh, some of you are familiar with it. I was doing a spiritual gifts seminar there. And the um, administrator of the church, in fact, the administrator and the assistant administrator picked me up at the airport and took me out to eat. And the assistant administrator had her husband with her. And um, we went to uh, Outback Steakhouse. We sat down at a four-top table. I'm sitting in the kind of the back corner. The waitress brings our meals out, and she picks up these two plates, and she starts going, ow, 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 ow. And our table was full of plates. You know how they bring the bread plates out and glasses, you know, just stuff all over the place. Finally, she was looking for a place to set it down nice and polite, and there wasn't any place. So she just goes, crunch. You know, just slides these other plates and stuff goes flying. And, and we, we knew she was in trouble because she kept saying, ouch, 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 ouch. And then she's like, oh, I burned my hand. And she's rubbing it on her, her uh, pants. And I'm sitting in the back here, and I reach my hand out, and I say, which hand did you burn? And I went like this, wondering if she was going to put her hand in there. It was an invitation. She said, this one, she puts her left hand in my hand. And I say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, pain go away. She takes it back and she's like, thank you, just being polite. And then she goes like this. Hey, the pain's gone. And she looks at me and she's like, you healed my hand. And I said, no, I didn't heal your hand. She's like, you did too. I said, no, Jesus healed your hand. And she looks at me like, oh, like she got it. <laughs> now, see, I would have never had the boldness to do that. But the Spirit of God just kind of landed on me, and I gave this informal invitation, which hand did you burn? And she laid it right in there and gave me three seconds to pray. And that's all God needed. Isn't he good? <clears throat> now, I just want to tell you, I have fun like that all the time. See, I am convinced that the Christian life is supposed to be fun. It is an adventure. When you look up the word adventure in the dictionary, it says something like this. A journey... <clears throat> with danger and risk, with a possibility of losing life or limb. 
That's an adventure. And as Christians, I think we're on that adventure. We really don't know what could happen, how we can uh, become a blessing or a curse to people, but we're on that adventure. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is as simple as yielding to God, submitting ourselves to God. That is basically what it is. There's nothing we can do to actively um, be filled other than actively submit. So we're proactively submitting, if we can do that. But what are some of the reasons why people aren't filled? Well, yes. And in fact, I wrote down a few things as I was thinking about it. First of all, this was true of me, a lack of knowledge of the Word of God. I didn't realize that this kind of thing was even possible. I didn't realize that the idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit was something that God desired for us. I just thought, once you're a Christian, that's it. I was like, no, there's way more to the Christian life. Um, Another reason, pride. Now, pride was the sin of the devil. That's how he got kicked out of heaven. Uh, Isaiah 14, 12 to 14, talks about that. Names the five I wills of Satan. Um, pride. I know how to do it better. I know what, I know what my, um, the direction of my life. Um, I want to take charge of my own life. See, pride, when we have pride, we're in the driver's seat. When you humble yourself, you're saying, Jesus, take the wheel, right? You're saying, you be the driver of the car. You're in charge. I've, I've messed it up. And so you're actively submitting to his direction. First Peter 5, 5 says this, For God is opposed to the, but gives grace to the, So we don't want to walk in pride. We don't want to think that we know more than God. That was even what got Adam and Eve in trouble. They knew more than God. God said, don't eat off this tree, but they figured it out. They thought God was keeping some good stuff from them. So they're going to go ahead and eat from that tree. And we have been experiencing the results of that ever since. Not that you and I would... I mean, we would do the same thing, don't you think? <laughs> you know, even looking back at a Peter, how many times have we denied Jesus? How many times have we done things that uh, we know God has forbidden us to do? Yet, the temptation is there. What about secret sins? Mm, boy, I just don't want to give up, you know, this secret thing over here. I can be a Christian and everybody kind of knows how good a Christian I am because I can put on the show. I can pretend on the outside. But see, I've got these little secrets over here that I don't want anybody to know about. See, keep them quiet. Now, let me ask you a dumb question. Does God know about them? Yes. Yes, he does. And 
God's actually done something about him. He sent his son Jesus to shed his blood on the cross so that we can be freed from those secret sins. So that he can cleanse us. So that he can renew us. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that we are new creatures when we're in Christ. We need to take advantage of that. That is a truth that needs to be applied. It is true, but we've got to apply it in our lives. What about worldly-mindedness? Living like the world. Being caught up with all the junk, materialism, um, making a lot of money. And, 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 you know, God does gift some people to make money. That is a gift that they can use for the Lord. But it's to use for the Lord, not to use it on themselves. And so sometimes we get caught in the system of the world. And John tells us, love not the world nor the things in the world. We get so caught up in those things. And boy, pretty soon we're thinking like the world. We're responding. We act just like non-Christians. In fact, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between Christians and non-Christians. And I'm thinking that spirit-filled Christians, you can tell the difference. There's There's a contrast there. Because they're walking in submission to the Lord, wanting to honor the Lord, first of all. Now, remember, it's not money that is the root of all evil. It is the love of money that is the root. And then finally, a lack of trust in God. We really don't trust God all that much. I've talked to so many people, and there's a fear. If I turn my life over to God totally, and I'm talking about our will. You know, intellectually, we can believe certain things. Emotionally, we can be caught up with, uh, you know, just the love of the Father. But it's our will that he's wanting that we give over our desires. We give over um, our wants and needs to him and say, Lord, you know best. And that's where we're yielding, where we're submitting to him. When we think that, um, in fact, as I get personal with people and I talk to them about the filling of the Spirit and the empowerment of the Spirit, And they say things like, well, you know, I'm just afraid that if if I just give everything over to the Lord, he's going to test me just to see if I'm faithful. And um, he may take a loved one away from me. You know, somebody might die. Some uh, I'll go through some kind of test, you know, to see if this thing is legitimate. Well, first of all, that's not having an understanding that God wants your best. And to be, that's not the kind of fear that God is wanting us to be uh, fearful of. Uh, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But it's the fear, it's understanding who God is. That his loving kindness endures forever. 
that his heart for you is to bless you. And, you know, one of the things, too, that I have found is that some people have the idea that everything that happens in life is God's will. Well, I don't think so. Satan is a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's not God's will. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will try to steal, kill, and destroy anything that you allow him to. We've got to be proactively standing against the enemy. Paul tells us, stand firm. He gives us the armor to put on. But even more important than the armor is courage. Do you know that? You can have all the armor. In fact, the Iraqis have demonstrated this. They have all of the arms that we left them. The United States was over there. We trained them. We left all the arms, and ISIS comes up, and what do they do? Lay them down and run away. So ISIS has all those arms now. That's how they're able to take over city. They've got our tanks. They've got all all kinds of um, military might because the Iraqis, they had all the stuff, but what they were missing was the heart, the courage. And I find Christians that have all the armor, they have all this, but they're missing one important ingredient, the courage. We've got to understand our authority. We've got to understand the power that God has given us in his son, in his death on the cross, in his resurrection, and his exaltation. Jesus is sitting in heaven on the throne, and Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that somebody's with him. You know who that is? Me and you. We are seated on the throne with Christ in the heavenly places. We've got to understand that that is our authority, that that is our power, that God wants us to walk in. Well, if those are some of the, the issues, we've got to take care of those. We've got to deal with um, those issues and to, to understand that the God who created you, he knows your gifts and your abilities. And do you think he's going to call you to do something that you are just going to hate? No. See, again, people say, well, what if I give, I turn over my will to the Lord and he calls me to be a missionary somewhere where I don't want to go? And I'll say, well, for one, you'd make a horrible missionary if you don't want to go there. I don't think that's God's heart. God will, now, you may be stubborn thinking you're on your own track. You know, when I was in college, I was planning on owning and operating machine shops. That was why, um, that was my goal after my degree. While I was in college, I got apprehended by the Spirit of God, and I started rethinking that. By the time I graduated, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So you know what you do when you graduate and you don't know what you want to do? You sign up for graduate school. (laughs) 
So I did one more year of school, and then I was so sick of school because I really don't like school at all. <laughs> Some of you can identify with that. But at the end of that, I really felt like God was calling me into full-time ministry. And I have not been um, sad. I have seen my gifts come alive, the things that God has given me. Um, I became the person that God meant me to be. And it was because I was willing to submit my all to him, not just my mind, my emotion, but also my will, my desires. The things that I was looking forward to in life, God said, you know what? I've got some other things for you. And I have found out those have been so much better, so much better. See, he knew, he knew what he was doing when he made me. And when I submit to him and allow him to lead me, he's going to lead me into those things. He's not going to lead me away from those things. So, see, I look at, at Christians sometimes that are in ministry that are kind of struggling along in ministry, and I'm thinking, are you sure God called you? <laughs> because <laughs> it doesn't seem like you've got a lot of joy. No, I'm doing God's will. I'm like, I don't think so. That's debatable. You know, see, God will, will rearrange your heart. And when your heart goes where he wants you to go, then it is a beautiful thing. There's nothing better. See, I determined when I was in college that I wasn't smart enough to even pick a girl to marry. So I even gave that to the Lord. Lord, I... I don't want to pick who I think is the best because, uh, you know, we look at stuff that may not be all that important to God. You know what I mean? God knows the character of an individual. I get to see the outside. I can say, wow, she's good looking. But do you know something? Looks change over the years. I've been married for 37 years. I look way different. <laughs> I mean, now see. <laughs> see, when you get married on something as temporal as looks, you're in trouble because looks will change. All right? Personality can even change. Likes and interests can even evolve to a certain extent. Does God know that? Yes. So to put even those kind of things in his hands and say, God, I don't know enough. I just don't know enough. But I want to submit that to you. And so then I'm in a class. This was in summer school. And um, this was an intensive so I'm sitting in this uh, amphitheater. You know, the seats are going up, the rows kind of going right down the middle, and I'm sitting over here, and I'm looking around. First day of class, guys, you know, we're scouting out potential um, dating material. Now, gals, you do it too. I know that. So anyway, I'm, I'm looking around, and I see this gal down in the front row, and she looks back, and it's kind of like one of those things where your eyes meet and there's sparks, you know? <laughs> Kind of like the cartoons. And I'm like, hey. And uh, 
So this was a summer, a, a summer school deal, so you go to class every day. So you know how we're creatures of habit? So the next day, I come in, and I sit down in the front row. I'm thinking, okay, she sat right there yesterday. I'll sit right here, so she'll come in and sit down. Well, I'm sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Oh, once the professor gets up, starts lecturing, I'm thinking, oh, man, she probably changed classes or, you know, um, something because she's not here. And I turn around and look back where I was sitting yesterday. So I thought, hmm, this is really interesting. <laughs> Maybe she likes me. <laughs> anyway, um, a mutual friend introduced us formally, and we hit it off, and we've been best friends ever since. And so, <laughs> but see, the point is, I realized I wasn't smart enough to choose my own mate. When I left it into God's hands, he, now, man, she is the best looking thing I've ever seen in my life. And she still is the best looking thing. And see, that's a thing that God, second best. best. (laughs) Yes. Well, now, some of you that have been married for a while, in fact, how long have you guys been married? Forever. Forever. Just about. Yes. But, see, I've 67 years. Wow. Lord bless this marriage. Now, I was watching them during the worship time, and they're just all over each other. They actually act like they love each other, like even like each other. (laughs) Now, I'm just playing with you guys. You know that. Um. When we turn our will over to the Lord and allow him to do what he wants to do, even if we're not sure, we're kind of suspect. It's like, Lord, I've gotten into so many things. I'm like, Lord, I'm not even capable of doing this. I don't even know how to do this. And God says, trust me, I'm going to teach you how to do this. And then he'll bring a mentor for me. And a a mentor will teach me how to do something that I didn't know how to do. I've had so many mentors in my life, and I've got one now. I've, man, you need a mentor. I need a mentor. We need mentors. We need accountability. We need people to relate with. We need people to to stretch us. I, I see a mentor as a coach. You know what coaches do? When you're working out, lifting weights, they go, one more, one more. You can do one more. Just one more. You can do it. I know you got it in you. And you're going, ah. And a coach will get you to do things that you will not do yourself. And to break faith barriers. See, I think the Christian life, that adventure, we're all about breaking new faith barriers. Right? And I understand the filling of the Spirit so that I can step out in faith and take a risk. See, sometimes people wait for, okay, i got to feel like I'm filled. doesn't work that way. Well, sometimes it does, but most of the time what I've found is it doesn't. 
you have to step out and trust God, and then he shows up. If you're waiting for him to show up before you step out, you're going to be waiting a long time, all right? So that's what faith is. It's taking a risk. Well, we've talked a lot about the filling of the Spirit. How are we filled then? How are we filled? Um, Look up, if you've got your Bibles with you, I'm going to start having you go through the scriptures here because I want you to be familiar with these verses. Ephesians chapter 5, 18 is the specific verse I want you to look at, but I'm going to uh, look at the whole context because I think it's important to, to kind of see this in context. Ephesians chapter 5. So, yeah, open your Bibles or turn them on, one or the other. (laughs) Ephesians 5, and I'm going to read 15 through 21. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Do you realize how evil the days are? And it feels like the days are getting more evil. We've got to take opportunities while we have them. Therefore, and when you're studying the Bible, you always ask the question, what's the therefore, therefore? Right? So the therefore is because of the preceding verse or verses, the preceding thoughts are foundational to what's coming next. Therefore, do not be foolish. I'm excited that you guys are going to be dealing with wisdom coming up. Scriptures are full of wisdom. Be wise. Be wise. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what God's will is. Now, have you ever asked the question, I wonder what God's will is for my life? Yes. Well, I can tell you emphatically, I know one aspect of the will of God for your life. And it's the very next verse. Okay? Because that's what Paul's leading up to. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs of the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the lord always giving thanks to god the father for everything in the name of our lord jesus christ and submit one to another it's a beautiful thing when we can be filled with the spirit of god and all these results happen Now, the idea is Paul's saying, hey, when people are drunk, what's in control of their life? The alcohol, right? So when people are drunk, what are some signs that you can tell? Have you ever seen a drunk person? Let's have some feedback here. What are some some things that you can recognize about a, a drunk person? They slur their words. So their speech. They're loud. They what? Talk about the truth. Well, okay, so what I mean by that is that I know 
Okay. Okay. So he kind of lets all this stuff out. Okay. Kind of loses sight of boundaries. Yes. Can't focus. Yeah. Can't walk straight. So their equilibrium is um, kind of um, affected. Lose inhibitions. Yeah, that's kind of the boundaries thing. They kind of, and there, there are two, you know, people say there's two different kind of drunks. There's drunks that get kind of passive, and there's drunks that get angry, an angry drunk, and they start beating up on people, start putting holes in the wall, start throwing things, right? Um, yeah, they get sick too. <laughs> well, think about, see, Paul is saying when people are drunk on wine, they're not themselves. They're being somebody totally different than who they really are. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we become even more than who we are. We become a truer sense of who God has made us because now the, the things that God has put in us, our personality, the gifts, the passions, the skills, the abilities begin to come out. It's beyond our ability. See, I don't have any ability to heal anybody. But he does, right? He can do it. I can pray. So that's what I do. I do what I know I can do. I can pray in the power of the Holy Spirit for healing. And then I leave the results to God. So I don't have to make anything happen. I don't have to pretend like something happened if it didn't. In fact, oftentimes when I pray for people, I don't know if they got healed or not. In fact, I was down in Minneapolis this a few years ago, and a gal comes up to me. She's like, are you Dave Heinrich? I said, uh, yeah. She's like, you prayed for me? Gosh, let's see here. It was back in 19 blah, 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 and it was like a long time ago. And she's like, and the Lord healed me, and blah, 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 blah. I said, wow, that's really cool. She's like, I'm sorry I didn't get to tell you before this. I said, you know, um, she said I, she was at a conference. It was kind of a one-time thing. I heal, or I prayed for her. She didn't even feel anything as I was praying for her. And sometimes people feel stuff, sometimes they don't. Which means don't put a lot of confidence in your emotions or your feelings. Because they're not always truthful. We don't want to, to deny them, and when God gives them to us, they're wonderful. But that isn't the telltale sign that something is always happening. So sometimes I don't even know. In fact, um, Paul and I were at a graduation Saturday. This was kind of a funny story. After the graduation, a pastor comes up. and said, Dave, I want you to pray for me. I said, oh, Okay. He said, you know, um, a couple weeks ago, do you remember you were with Pastor so-and-so and and he had some kind of congestion and you prayed for him? Well, God healed him. And uh, did he tell you about that? I said, no. He said, well, yeah, he got healed. So would you pray for me? Because I've got some stuff going on in my life. And I'm like, hey, hot dog. Um, (laughs) I'm always willing, you know. But see, here's another person. I had no clue. I just pray and say, hey, go be, be blessed. It's up to God. I just leave the results in his hands. So sometimes I don't even know what happened. So um, don't be too worried about getting these instantaneous results. 
And sometimes there's progressive healing. People, and I always tell people, hey, um, let's pray again. You know, come back and see me again. Or if it's at church, you know, I'll be around next Sunday. Come up and we'll just keep praying. We'll just keep believing God for total healing, for total uh, restoration. So being filled with the Holy Spirit, don't get drunk on wine because that gives you certain results. But instead, in the same way wine takes over somebody, the Spirit of God can take you over. Your speech is different. What you see is different. You begin to see in the spirit realm. You think different thoughts. Instead of thinking all about yourself, you're thinking about other people. You're thinking, what does God want to do here? You're walking in harmony with God, in balance with God. He's guiding your steps. And so you're going to be at the right place at the right time to do the right thing. We've got to be hungry and thirsty after his righteousness, according to Matthew 5, 6. He said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied, will be filled. Um, We must apply the cleansing power of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid for it. Let's let him have those things. 1 John 1, 8 and 9 says, if... I claim that I don't have sin. I deceive myself, and the truth is not in me. But if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Boy, we've got to walk with clean hearts. That's part of being filled. I don't know that we can be filled with all this sin. God has given us the ability to bring it to him to confess it, and to cleanse us out. So I think this, the Spirit has a hard time filling us when we've got all this other gunk in us. So we've got to get rid of this gunk, sin, by confessing it to Him, let Him cleanse it, and then we're ready to be filled. We must appropriate the filling of the Spirit by faith. Again, you may feel things, you may not, but to step out in faith and... Take the risk. Do you know this verse? Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it's really difficult to please God. Is that what it says? It's what? It's impossible? So it's not just hard to please God. It's impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is taking a risk. It's stepping out when, you know, when um, Joshua was called to take the promised land, God was going to show the people that Joshua was like Moses. Moses took them through the Red Sea on dry land. Moses stood up with his staff. The sea parted. It dried the uh, seabed, and then they walked through on dry land. With Joshua, it was a little different. He had to put the Ark of the Covenant in front and the priests that were carrying the Ark of the Covenant had to actually walk into the water before it was parted. Check it out, Joshua chapter 3. 
they had, and I'm thinking, you know, the, the guy in front, you know, may have been getting deeper and deeper in the water thinking, hey, hold it, guys. We're waiting for this water to part. But it's the idea that you walk in there and you're trusting that God is going to part that water and dry it out so that you can continue to walk. And he'll do it. Finally, we must expect to be filled when we ask to be filled. Luke 11. This is in the context of Jesus um, being confronted with some disciples. He was gone like he usually was out praying or something. His disciples come up to him. This is Luke 11, 1. And they said, Lord, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. He says, okay. And he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. And then he gives them a little story about being persistent, being bold. And then he says this. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you could find, maybe. Knock and it might be open to you. No, it doesn't say that, does it? It says it will be. Seek and you will find. It's like, man, I've looked at those things. Those are imperative. There is no doubt it will be opened. You will find. For every one of you who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if asked for an egg, will give him a scorpion? You being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more, how much more, a lot more, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? When we looked at Ephesians 5.18, he said, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't get drunk with wine, for that's goofiness. (laughs) That's no help, but be filled with the Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's God's will for you to be filled with the Spirit? Yes. So, if you were to ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, do you think He's going to answer that prayer? Go like this. Okay. Yes. In fact, Luke 11, we just read, how much more will He give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Um, first, uh, John five, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked. God is all about answering prayers that are prayed according to his will. We can be certain that it is his will that we are filled with his spirit. And then we can see great exploits done. The things that God wants you to do, if you evaluate those in your own mind, you will never do them because you have no ability to do them. When you begin to look through God's eyes and think with God's brain, see, that's what I picture. When I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm thinking with God's brain. I'm speaking with God's 
voice. My hands are an extension of God's hands. I'm walking in God's ways now. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand a long time ago that we should walk in them. The way I see the filling of the Spirit is that I simply walk under his gracious control moment by moment. When the Holy Spirit reveals sin in my life, I try to immediately confess it so that I can be cleansed, so that I can continue to walk in his power. I think sometimes we fool ourselves thinking we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and we're not. It's a deception. And we have to get before God and say, Holy Spirit, take your um, searchlight and go through my entire being and search out any darkness, any sin in me. I want to give, give that to you. And let God take it. And then, Lord, I want to submit myself. I want you to fill me with your spirit. And then I usually go like this. I take a big, deep breath. And what I'm doing is exhaling the impure, and I'm inhaling the pure. I'm getting rid of the junk, and I'm bringing in the spirit. You know, the word spirit in Greek and Hebrew is wind or breath. Pneuma or rach. It is breath. It's, It's wind. It's like breathing it in. We can breathe in the spirit of God. And so to spiritually breathe moment by moment is how I picture that. Let's stand. I want to give you opportunity to um, come before God. My assumption is, and I may not be totally right here, and, um, you know, if this is something that you have to think through and, um, you know, really take your time with God, I want you to do that at some point. But right now, I'm assuming that most of you are in a position where um, you would desire to be filled with the Spirit, that you're hungering and thirsting after God's power in your life. You want to see God do what only He can do. You're fed up with what you can do. You've seen what you can do. And you're probably not that impressed. (laughs) I am always blown away by what God does. I am amazed. I, it, it is just fun to see what God does in and through us as we submit to him. Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God who is in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That's what we're talking about. See, I'm saying give up trying to live the Christian life. Forget it. You can't do it. You can only do it in the power of the flesh. That's no good. Give up and submit to the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to live the life of Jesus in and through you. 
And that's when you begin to see supernatural cool things. That's when you begin to see people's lives changed. You see people that have been on drugs um, become drug-free. You see people that were in unbelievable situations. God does miracles in their lives and brings freedom and wholeness. Puts them on the path that um, takes them off the path that they were on and onto a new path. I'm going to take just um, about two minutes, and we're going to have a time of silence. And what I want you to do is ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any gunk in you that you need to confess to him. And then just simply to confess that to him. The, the word confession is two words in the Greek, homo logos. Homo meaning same, logos meaning word, same word. The word confession means to say the same word as God. God says that's sin. So I'm agreeing with God that that's sin. That's what confession is. So you're simply agreeing with God. Okay? So that's where we're going here. Holy Spirit, we do invite you right now to come in your power, to come and bring your searchlight and search us, O oh God, and know us. Point out anything in us that is standing in the way of you filling us to walk in your ways, to do your will. And we'll just be quiet for the next couple minutes. Lord, we just thank you that we can bring these things to you. And right now, we receive the shed blood of Jesus Christ that was one for us. Lord, pour it over us right now and wash away our sin. 
that we can experientially know your cleansing and your freedom. So just bask in his blood being poured over you. Just picture that in your mind. That the Lord Jesus Christ is anointing you with his blood to cleanse you and to purify you. Thank you, Lord. You've agreed with God that he said it was sin. You've agreed with him that it is sin. Now you also have to agree with him in what he says in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. By the authority of the living God, receive his forgiveness. Guilt and shame have been nailed to the cross. They are no longer dominant in your life. You can receive the freedom of the power, the freedom of grace and mercy, the freedom of God in your life. By the authority of Jesus Christ, receive his complete and total forgiveness. Amen. And Spirit of the living God, we ask for your filling right now. Fill us up. Fill us up. Now just relax and just let him do what he wants to do. Just be a sponge. Don't, um, don't try to work anything up. Just relax. If you want to sit down, you can do that. Holy Spirit, just come in your power. Bring your good gifts. Lord, release your gifts amongst your people. Let them know you in an experiential way. We bless what you're doing, Lord. Now we have found by experience that God will give words of knowledge to us and some of the ways that that happens is sometimes you see a picture in your mind. Sometimes you'll feel something in your body, a pain that's not your pain. Sometimes you'll uh, read a word in your mind. It'll look like a newspaper headline. Holy Spirit, release words of knowledge. Release those, Lord, to your kids. Let us know how to hear from you. Speak to us now, Lord. We're just going to give direction for what the Lord wants us to do next. Beautiful. 
somebody else that maybe you saw a picture, saw a word, had a feeling in your body? Does somebody here have yeah. a headache in the front of their head? Headache right here. Let's just call out these words and then we'll ask for responses, okay? Does anybody else have something? Now, this is where you take a risk. How do you know, uh, how do you learn how to hear from God? In settings like this, you don't know if it's you or God. The only way you know, the only way you'll find out is by sharing it out loud. So that's the risk that you take. Karen? anybody has a stomachache, picture that I saw was that someone holding their hand out as in resistance, and here the Lord is taking that light like a fire hydrant. You don't want to try to resist that because that fire hydrant of his water is cleansing. So thank you, Lord, for that cleansing, and let that wash over you. And the other picture was when I uh, was hearing the word light, it was the sunlight. This afternoon we went out and basked in that sunshine. Wasn't it wonderful today? Lord, thank you that your sun cleanses us. Your light cleanses us and warms our hearts. So, so if there's any amount of resistance where you're saying, no, I don't need that, Thank you, Lord, that you cleanse and warm our hearts. We say yes to you. Wonderful. Go ahead and just say it real loud. I get the word clean. Clean, okay. Thank you. That's really good. Yes, right back here. Yeah. Yeah. That is that's a cool picture. I think that's for all of us. <laughs> we can all use that. If um Yeah, those are good. Anything else? Good, good. So if somebody is struggling with doubt or not feeling forgiven, um, if there's something that you think you did that was so over the top that um, God can't forgive, that may be for you. We'll want to pray for you later. 
Any other words of knowledge here? And then I'm going to ask people to, to respond. Yes. Yeah, okay, thank you. Now, for some of you, if you're new to this, as people share these things, if if you resonate with those things, that means they're for you, and we want to pray for you. When we allow God to show us uh, who to pray for in these situations, there's usually always um, powerful freedom and deliverance, healing, those kind of things. So that's why we're asking him to initiate this because it oftentimes when we say who would like prayer you don't think of that stuff you know but as people share things you think oh yeah that's kind of me so that's the benefit of this Um, sometimes uh, people have had their issues for so long it's become a part of them and you don't realize that that's not you that you have an attachment <laughs> that the enemy has put on you. There's a stronghold. There's uh, a, an outside force that is attacking you. And that isn't you. Sometimes we just reside that, well, that's just been me for so long. You don't even think about getting prayer for that. So any other uh, words of knowledge? You felt things. Sometimes you just know something so but um like in your body you'll feel a pain that's not really your pain you'll read words those kind of things anybody else yeah okay good Yeah, I tell people, share even if you get weird things because sometimes people connect with that. Like this padlock is like, what does that have to do anything? Somebody could really identify with that. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, good. Very good. Anybody else? Yeah. I'm not sure. I have since I was ten in the river and I don't know if it's just the communion meal or just because I can sense that it's the divine, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um so this is a tongue that uh he's asking permission to deliver. Since we are in a training situation here, we're learning how to do this. So I'm going to ask him to go ahead and give this tongue. As he's giving that, you may have a sense of what he's saying, an interpretation. And you won't know that until he speaks that out. And so when we ask the Lord to manifest his gifts, this is what we're asking him to do. So um, is it okay if we fail? 
Yes. We are practicing. We're learning. That's how you grow. That's how you learn is you don't do everything perfect the first time. Okay? So give yourself permission to fall flat on your face. When a little child is first learning how to walk, they fall 50,000 times. And after the 50,000, if the kid says, you know, I just wasn't meant to walk. Forget it. This is just too hard. Uh, They don't do that. They just keep, God gives them a a heart of courage to keep, keep doing it over and over and over. And in fact, did you know that walking is actually um, a process of falling down? So when you, when you walk, you're actually leaning your body forward and your foot goes out to stop you from falling over. So walking is actually Walking, it's a faith walk. You're actually leaning forward, and when you're running, you're really leaning forward, and your foot has to get there in time to keep you up. So you've got to have faith enough that your feet are going to catch you before you fall. So that's what walking is. So when the scriptures say to walk in the Spirit, that's what we're doing. It's a faith walk. Okay, go ahead and give your tongue here. Hakuna manatia, hakuna manati, hanapakura nama hatinene, kuramanatia, shakota namadare, hanamadakia nanamadano nomadori, danamadasuto, hanamakiana, hadamanashuko, hanamatakera na hatidia. Thank you. As he was speaking, did anybody get a sense? Of, um, in fact, let me ask it this way. What kind of sense were you getting as he was speaking? Calm. Calm. Good. What else? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the Lion King. Yes. Okay. Very good. Okay. What? The, the no worry or the, the, the calm peace? Yeah. Okay. Courage. Pardon? Come on. Oh. Oh, you're just. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. See, sometimes this is, you know, it's like you feel certain things when he says stuff. You may not have um, the exact words. And see, this isn't a translation. Okay. So the scriptures don't talk about a translation. It's an interpretation interpretation is a little broader and it is um, taking things to bring into this group that we could comprehend in the way that we would comprehend it. So there's even a cross-cultural kind of dynamic there. Yes. 
Wow. Beautiful. That kind of goes in with your word. See, we had that word about identity and really comprehending that. So, yeah. Um, don't worry, my children, my bride, trust in me, um, in what I did at the cross and what I'm doing right now at the right hand of the Father. Nice. Thank you. Other, yes. Nice. Ooh, doesn't that feel good? Yes, yes. Others. Now, see, what we're doing is we're learning how to connect with the Spirit of God and to hear His voice in and through the body. Okay, so this is a, a, a good learning opportunity. Anybody else feel like they had a sense of what was I taking just, place? I just felt like the Lord just was just saying, like, to me, like, the biggest thing I was thinking was God was always mad. Really. You know, like, if I failed enough times, then God was pissed. He was just sitting up there, like, you know, distant. Really. I feel like the Lord was just breaking that mm-hmm. right now. Just breaking Very that cool. idea of, like, God is so far away and doesn't care about this. He's all, you know, he's just as near as he's so present. I want to have you come up and pray that for us I think that's really good Papa I just thank you for who you are for your love for every person here that you have such a great great wonderful and intense love as the Amplified Bible says for us right now right now Father I just thank you for your sweet presence I thank you that it is our heritage to walk in your presence to hear your voice to walk with you to walk next to you to walk near you the entire Bible is a love letter talking about how God wanted to be with his people even to the point of his own life Lord and I thank you I thank you for your nearness. I just ask you to just release what you want to release right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now, this reminds me, we've got to learn how to receive prayers and receive blessing. Sometimes blessings and prayers just kind of bounce off of us. And we don't even realize that we're not receiving them. We have to proactively receive those things well um this last christmas my wife and i went to uh, phoenix to see our uh, daughter and um, her family her husband two granddaughters and we had not seen sun here for about two weeks do you remember that it was just gray and cloudy and we got to phoenix and we got our luggage and we walked outside and I went like this. Do you know what I, what I was doing? I was trying to absorb every sun ray I could get because I had not seen the sun for two weeks. And I thought, you know, that's how we're supposed to receive blessings. I just kind of do that when my pastor stands up and he always gives a blessing at the end of the service. I stand like this. I'm receiving. And if we're not actively receiving, then sometimes it just kind of veers off of us or it bounces off. So I actively, in fact, I, I whisper this. I say, I receive that. I receive that. Because I want all of God's goodness, all that I can get. So uh, just understand, as people are praying over you, if you're just, you know, kind of like, 
do 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 um, it can hit you and just go to the ground. You don't want to do that. You want it to penetrate your body. You want it to penetrate your heart and your mind. So you've got to absorb it. Okay? Yeah. Who did you guys hear that? He had a picture of God throwing us a football and it was bouncing off, and we finally learned how to catch it. See, that is what it means to be walking in the power of the Spirit, that we're catching those balls instead of fumbling them or dropping them. So to be sensitive to the Spirit of God in that. And as God comes in power to bring a revival, um, that is going to look way different than what it's looked like in the past. I think this is going to be a revival of a sensitivity towards the things of the Spirit and for a people empowered to go out, not making a lot of noise, not making a big show of things, but being able to touch people's hearts where they're at. Yeah. Awesome. You are God's representative wherever you go. You are bringing the kingdom of God. And that is powerful. That is so powerful. Um, in the, in the uh, weeks ahead, we're going to have uh, some meetings where we'll be doing some training on how to know your authority, how to walk in the power and see, having authority, sometimes people use it in crazy ways. It's like they find out that they've got authority over demonic spirits, and then they run down to the city hall and start casting spirits out of the city hall. And it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You may not have authority in the city hall to do that. See, you've got a function within your realm of authority that God has given you. And you grow, it's like a little kid. You start out with a little bit of authority. And when you're faithful in that, he expands that realm. And so don't be doing stupid stuff. You know, and I've seen a lot of stupid things happen. 
You know, when I teach on spiritual uh, spiritual warfare, um, I use this phrase, I respect the devil because I see Jesus respecting the devil, but I do not honor the devil. Jesus understood that the devil has been given a certain amount of authority, and he respected that. He did not walk beyond what his authority was. And so to... Um, have a sensitivity of the Spirit of God. I've seen so many people walk into situations that they were not trained to handle, and it almost took them out. And and I'm not saying that to put fear in you because you always have authority to protect yourself. You always have that much authority. But you have authority beyond that, but you need to understand how that works, what it's rooted in. Um, one of the fallacies is that uh, the name Jesus makes demons run and, and flee. And uh, if that was true, um, every construction worker and sailor and truck driver would be totally free of demons. Wouldn't they? Because they use Jesus' name all the time. Why are they? In fact, they're way in bondage. So we're going to talk about those things in, in a few weeks. But you need to walk in understanding, and it's all in the scriptures. So that's for another time. If, you, if somebody shared a word of knowledge and you felt like that resonated with you, we want to pray for you. So if um, any of those words were shared, who uh, would respond to that? Please, yeah, come on up. Um, her word clean. Pardon? Her word clean. 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 Okay. Um, just felt the Holy Spirit saying that was for me. Okay. From a conversation I had earlier today. Beautiful. So that word clean. See, to us, it's kind of like, what could a word clean mean? As a result of a conversation that he had earlier today, that really resonated with him. So, thank you. I'm going to have you all come up and just share a little bit. I just heard um, someone say God is uh, freeing us, and uh, I feel like I've kind of been trapped for the last three months. Okay, great. Two things. Um, When you said uh, evil spirits in the city hall, I work for the government, the city hall annex across from the courthouse. So I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, see, this is really interesting because he has a certain amount of authority in the city hall because he works there. So that's what I'm talking about. You have to have some kind of connection that God has placed you there. God has sovereignly put him in the city hall. So we could go with him. God has given him favor there, and we could do some interesting things. So... (laughs) Yes, Um, get jobs, get hired. Yes, see, that would be a good good thing. Come on over here. Thanks for sharing that. Come on up. I have a nervous one. Um, I might start crying. You're doing good. (laughs) If I cry, I'm sorry. I hope you can understand me. (laughs) Um. 
so my dad is an alcoholic. It's great stuff. Not really. Um, and I have recently felt the call. Um, I feel like I'm the only person that can really speak Christ into his life, which is a huge thing because my dad is a horrible person. Not saying, like, we're all horrible people, but, like, I have my own issues with him. Um, And so there's bondage there because of addiction and um, a lot of pain, just a lot. Um, I just want him to know God so badly. See, that's her heart coming out for dad. So we just bless you in your heart, in your desire. And Lord, we just lift her dad up right now and ask you to break him free of that bondage. That you would open the eyes of his heart to see you in a new way. Lord, let him know that there is freedom for him. Let him know that. Lord, be near to him right now. Wrap your arms around him, Lord. Show him your your mighty power and your loving face. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for sharing that. We'll pray some more for you. Yeah. Um, I walked in late, but <laughs> I know I'm guilty. Um but uh, just the sermon talking about, like, taking big steps, leaps of faith, I love big decisions um, in my life the past couple months and coming up. And I'm just been like, okay, I have no idea if this is what God has for me. I question my destiny a lot and if, you know, if this is truly from God. But um, that really spoke to me. And also just, uh, I can't remember who it was, but they talked about uh, grace and just uh, how we all have that one sin. Uh, that just kind of haunts us, um, and just, uh, yeah, I could get prayer for freedom from that. Um, so you were talking a little bit about, like, strongholds that have just been there for a long time that we almost just kind of push away, and that become, like, a part of us, and I was, like, really praying, I was like, oh, gosh, Lord, like, is this still something that I'm struggling with? Like, you got to tell me, like, be really clear. And then someone else was talking about a car, and I was in a car accident four years ago, and that's, like, a big part of what that struggle is and, like, what that stronghold is. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, I need to keep battling this and keep praying about this. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm up here. Thank you for sharing on over when we put in the light things that have been in the darkness that's part of the power of God even breaking down some of those things so I'm going to ask you when these people were up here sharing some of you had a heart for individuals that were sharing I want to have you guys maybe spread out um, here a few here and here, and I want to give you permission to pray for these people, but I want you to do it one at a time. If there's two or three people around, and don't raise your voices, I, I want you to speak kindly and just ask the Holy Spirit to give you insight 